Welcome to episode 59 of the Half Point for Podcast. I'm your host, Evan Riggs, joined as always by my co-host, Dalton Willie. And producer Johnny Pham is back in the saddle, which means this podcast will be on Apple, Spotify, and everywhere else you listen to podcasts this week, because Dalton and I don't have to be the ones responsible to do it. Johnny, how are you doing today? Doing good. It's, uh, it's a good day. I didn't have to work this week, which um, I've just been a piece of garbage, and I am proud of it. <laughs> See, I'm, I'm in the same boat as you, and I, I know you are close to moving into your house, but let me tell you, I, I spent about 45 minutes today raking leaves that are still somehow blowing into my backyard, so it's been it's been a, a semi-productive day off for me, I'd say. Sounds awful. I'm not looking forward to being a house owner. Uh, quite honestly, terrifies me, but... We'll see what you know, happens. Johnny, honestly, we've probably just got to get this show on the road, right? Like, get this moving. Dalton's got places to be. He's got to get to Costco. He's got to get his brand new Jeep. He's got to get that thing lifted. Got to get that At thing Costco. Everyone has to remember that part. Dalton is going to Costco to get his Jeep lifted. I want you two to know that if I win the fantasy championship, your money's paying for that. <laughs> Oh, is that what you're banking it off of? If you don't win the championship, you're not going to get your Jeep lifted? Oh, well, taking second place, I'm already getting enough to start the process. But if I win, it's all happening at once. So you're paying for it one way or another. You know what? If my money is going to go toward anything, I'm glad it's going toward making you look like an idiot. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm actually proud of it now. I'll, I will give you additional money if you need more. Yeah, well, yeah I'll, 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 I'll Venmo you 25 this is the second year in a row that I have had to put this podcast on my back and represent us in the playoffs of our fantasy te- league Not that we're all I've in. been in the playoffs both years that we've done this league. In the championship, I apologize. I'm sorry. Look, do, you, do you want me to list my players that are out now or later? On air, off air. We don't take excuses on this podcast. <laughs> we take and, winners. And with that, we take winners. Okay. With that, we've got a lot of stuff to get to today, actually. We're going to do... The usual start sit stream, but obviously a big one this week with it being championship week for for so many people. And then we've got some fancy football New Year's resolutions. And Dalton, I know we didn't really set too many ground rules for this, so I'm interested to see all the different directions that you and I took this. I don't know how many you brought. I've got four, so a, a pretty pretty hefty list on my end. I have six, but one you of them six. one of them is so obvious that it's. It's something we'll both have as a New Year's resolution. Well, I tried to stay away from the obvious, so I doubt that I doubt that you that you and I overlapped, unless you also had the Najee Harris take that we talked about. No, but let me just go ahead and delete. Uh, get Jeff Janis back in the NFL. I'll just, I'll just get rid of that one now. <laughs> well, it's only right Jeff Janis is coming back. So is Paul Perkins. Um, oh God. Let's let's start. Let let's get the start sit stream out of the way for the for the folks who care about their upcoming matchups obviously the the other topic is more of a future topic that people who are not in their playoffs anymore and are thinking about next season can can listen to that and hopefully take some piece of advice there i'm gonna start with my stream this week dalton i think this is this is not going to be unique to this podcast this is going to be the advice you hear everywhere you listen or read fantasy football content and that's Trey Jared Lance. Goff. Oh. <laughs> that's true. Well, Jared Goff, not terrible. Not a terrible stream. Correct. Week, but yes, Trey honest. Lance is probably everybody's advice if he's on your waivers. Is, is he your stream of the week this week, too, or did you just try and be different? No, I was being lazy. It's Trey Lance. So 
he's basically played two games this year. I know he like appeared a few times earlier in the season, but he's got two real games we can look at. One of them was only half of a game. So he's only started one game and he's only had one game where the game plan like was truly a Trey Lance game plan. And it wasn't, it wasn't great to be honest. Like number one, they played the Cardinals who at this time, which was October 10th. So back when the Cardinals were good at this time, the Cardinals were playing very well on both sides of the ball. Now they didn't have any of their guys on offense that game. If memory serves, but defensively they were playing well. So that's number one. So it wasn't an easy matchup to step into. Number two, there was no George Kittle in that game. If you remember in the Seahawks game the week before, that was when Kittle got hurt midway or early in that game. And I don't even know if Kittle played. I'd have to go look at the play-by-play. I'm not sure if Kittle actually played when Lance played in the second half of that game. Lance did actually have 20 fantasy points in that game. He had 14 the next week against the Cardinals. But in that game, he really struggled to throw the ball. But here's the thing. He got 16 carries. Now, I think... Those two things you can argue are partially related. Like we can't throw the ball. Like we like we've just got to we've got to run the ball with this kid. Like that's how we've got to move the ball today. I don't think he's going to have 16 carries in this game, but I do think you can pretty easily say he's got a great floor as a runner. He's going to get opportunities as a runner, and I mean he had 89 yards rushing, no touchdowns in that game, and the team only scored 10 points. So if the team scores more there's probably a pretty decent chance he has a rushing touchdown or at least has a fair amount of rushing yards. And then hopefully you would think with an easier matchup, which he gets Houston this week and a couple months of practice that he looks better as a passer than he did two months ago when he was kind of thrown into the fire a little bit against a pretty good defense. I'm not going to like go crazy and say top five quarterback. Like I think you're going to hear some places this week, but like top 10, like top 10, top 12. Like I think that's pretty realistic for, for Trey Lance in a great matchup this week. Yeah. I will say the difference between him and a lot of the other guys is he has like overall one fantasy scoring player upside. I mean, he can just run the ball so effectively. He he could score like three rushing touchdowns. Or yeah, something. exactly. And that's where it comes from. He has that Jalen Hurts, Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson level of upside. And then obviously the weapons. We'll see whether or and not. He's got, he's got like that Cam Newton, like on the three-yard line, they might just call QB power. Like that. Yeah. that's like in his arsenal very, very much so. Now we'll see whether or not Shanahan even has to open up the playbook against a very beleaguered Texans team. With that being said, they – beat the Chargers last week (laughs) and the defense I mean the defense actually you know not bad like not not terrible like Pareto played okay against against Herbert and company yeah um and if Elijah Mitchell's back that might change it a little bit but Mm -hmm. really my big takeaway with Trey Lance being there is I do kind of discount every other weapon on that Niners team I'm not benching any of the studs uh Ayuk Debo or Kittle or even Mitchell but there is a touchdown equity that I think they're all losing out on because there is that opportunity for Lance to run, like you said, a QB power in the red zone. It just changes the way that offense functions in a lot of ways. Um, but again, I would not bench any of those guys simply because we have a different start. Two other guys I did list because I figured we'd be the same here of potential starts. Jared Goff has a really favorable matchup against Seattle. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's been, I mean, salvageable weekly. And then if you're in a matchup and maybe COVID really hits you hard and you need like a moonshot, uh, Drew Locke is a player that I would consider. He he is really wow. Well, I never thought I'd hear those words out of of your mouth. I'm a Drew Locke hater. I've been a Drew Locke hater since last season. 
but he takes a lot of deep shots. And for what it's worth, he's going up against a beleaguered Cardinal secondary, or sorry, Chargers secondary that just let Davis Mills put up 300 yards. Yeah, I think where you're going to see Denver probably take advantage of the Chargers more is Javante Williams and Melvin Gordon because the Chargers rush defense is absolutely putrid. We would hope, but there's still opportunity there. There's deep shot. Again, this is when you're in your fantasy playoffs and you're thinking like, there's no way I can score 100 points. And you're, you're, you're putting players out there who you're hoping can have very outlier performance. I, I like the golf call. Um, he tends to dump down the running backs a lot. And that is like one thing that the Seahawks just cannot handle for whatever reason. Can't, can't stop that. So golf isn't bad. Way preferable to Drew Locke for me. And there's a great chance he's out there in your league. Now we'll see if he plays this week is Justin Fields. I mean, he gets the Giants this week. And I know, like, trusting the Bears and, and Fields it, and Nagy and any of that, it would all feel very bad. But the Giants are a special kind of bad, a very special kind of bad. And Fields, he doesn't quite have the rushing upside that Lance does because he doesn't have the touchdown rushing upside, but he's still got just rushing upside in general. He's had a game with over 100 rushing yards this season, had multiple games with 10 carries. He's been – he had that stretch early on where it was like three, three, three carries. He had one rush his first start. But his last handful of starts, it's been 10 carries, eight carries, four carries, nine carries, seven carries. So he's he's got some rushing upside and a great matchup this week if he's back. Yeah, and that's a good one. The Giants are probably the 31st worst team in the NFL, <laughs> fighting the Jaguars for that position. So definitely, I think they might be worse than the Jaguars. It's up there. It's well, very close. If you were, it's it's hard to decide who's the worst coach uh, between Jason Garrett and Urban Meyer, formerly head coach of the Jaguars. Uh, Giants. Okay, I'll let you kick us off with your star of the week. Uh, we're just going back to what was fun last week, but it's Ronald Jones. Do not let Keyshawn Vaughn uh, change your opinion. He is the true and tried starter in an offense that is sorely needing playmakers. He got three targets yesterday as well, so he's getting some passing game work, which increases it. But again, the Bucks play the Jets. I don't expect this to be a competitive showing. And more importantly, I expect Tom Brady not to need to use his arm to win this game at all. I think the Bucs are probably going to roll out and roll this game away. And the Jets are the 30 or sorry, the 29th ranked rush defense in the NFL. They just gave up 94 yards and a touchdown to Dario Gumbalale. It's definitely a very easy Rojo experience, which means He's fumbling in the first quarter and not going to be heard from. I was going to say, like like we said last week with, with Rojo, you always have the downside that he makes a mistake early and is just never never heard from again. I, I'm going to check the Dare Agumbawale stats real quick because I think, let's see, 57 rushing, 15 receiving. So a little, a, a little less on the yardage, but yeah, he, he did still put up okay numbers. And I think he's, I'll get to this actually a little bit later. I think he's a pretty bad, pretty bad running back. So yeah, it, it's a good spot for Ronald Jones. He, you just have to, like I said before, go into it with your eyes wide open, knowing that it could, it could come back to bite you at, at any moment. But he could really go off. It's bad to get bad team, easy game for the Bucks. You would think. Well, and like, is Mike Evans back? We we still don't know. Obviously, Chris Goblin is out. Gronk didn't really do much last week. Antonio Brown is back. So it's like they have some of their weapons. Could they get Mike Evans back? Maybe. If they don't, it could be a more run-centric game plan as well. 
just because I don't have the explosiveness down the field with Mike Evans. So we'll see, obviously, a lot to sort out with who's playing and who's not playing um, for everybody across the league. A lot of waiting there. Dalton, you know, you know I had to do this. Every time I get a chance to talk about this guy, I'm going to take it. Devin Singletary is my star of the week this week. The pretty is quietly, on. Pretty quietly, he's the running back 27 on the season. I know he's one of the few who's played all 15 games, so his points per game, which is like, I think, 8.7, aren't as impressive as the cumulative numbers. Uh, Has he played, or was he a healthy scratch any week? No, I, I, he, it, okay. it's, it, it's been Moss that's been a healthy scratch um, many times this year, actually. Um, Singletary, now, Singletary's had games where it's like, or where, where Moss, for whatever, it was like Singletary starts off the year as the starter, Moss a healthy scratch. And then Moss plays and gets it like 50%. And now Moss is the guy. And then Breida's the guy. And now Singletary's kind of the guy. So it's gone back and forth a lot. So, yes, he's played every game, but he hasn't been like the guy every game. Otherwise, he'd be higher up on, on the scoring list probably. So you can look at it a number of different ways. But he's played – I think he's earned your trust if you have him on your team in these last three weeks. He's played over 80% of the snaps – two times in the last three weeks, over 65%, all three of those games. He's been a double-digit scorer all three of those games, and it's been a very different game script in each of those three games. One of them, they absolutely mauled the Panthers, which everyone is doing these days. Uh, he carried the ball 22 times, had had a nice game. There's another game where they were getting just blitzed by the Bucks and came clear back, and they were obviously playing. They Number one, as anyone who was watching that game knows, so the broadcast couldn't quit talking about, they didn't hand the ball off a single time in the first half of that game. And number two, they were down 24-0 in the second half, so they weren't exactly handing it off many times in the second half either. He still managed 11 touches and double-digit points in that game because he got involved in the receiving game. And then there was the game against the Patriots, which was the most normal, but they were still nursing a lead for a decent portion of that second half, and he was fairly involved in, in both running and receiving. So he's had nice volume. He's produced to the tune of 16, 16, and 12 the last three weeks. He's the RB6 in the last three weeks. Like, I like Joe Mixon just had 28 points, and he had had two stinkers before that. So he's actually ahead of Joe Mixon if you're just looking at the last three weeks. I, I'm getting Singletary in my lineup if, if I'm looking for a running back this week, and he's been a guy that I just haven't been able to – pull a trigger on yet. I, I like him this week. And then obviously they play, is it the Falcons? I off the top of my head. I was going to say, I, I, I didn't even write it down, but they play the Falcons. So I obviously I like, I always like a, a good Falcons matchup for my guys. Yeah, no, I love that. I think the bills week one, when the bills came out, they didn't run, they ran a lot of no running back in their lineup mm -hmm. and it, they got exposed by the Steelers and they're not trying to protect Josh Allen, but they're trying better to disguise their looks. And that's led to them having to have an effective weapon in that offense and well and they're, and they're facing there. the same thing that the chiefs have now which is yeah. they're cover getting, two shells getting cover two shells too deep every play and they're having to hand the ball off maybe a little bit more than than they would like yeah so i like that a lot i think he's a very good start especially if the bills go up they're they're not going to need to pass as frequently and this game should be a lot of points for the bills it shouldn't mm -hmm. be a hard game i mean jamal williams ran all over them along with Craig Reynolds for the Lions he had 17 touches for 77 yards and I think Craig Reynolds had like 40 yards so all around probably a pretty good smash spot for him the Bills also seem to only want to use one guy at a time 
no matter who that may be, it looks like it's Singletary right now. Yeah, the, the last three weeks, Moss has been a healthy scratch twice. He played a third of the snaps last week. And then Brita has not topped 14% of the snaps the last three weeks after he had that weird like couple of good games. Game. Yeah, the weird Thanksgiving game and then maybe one more game where he he played well. So, yeah, I, I love Singletary in this spot. Yeah, jumping to the other side of that, that offense that they're playing in the Falcons, I actually have – uh, unfortunately, Cordero Patterson as my sit of the week. It's it's and, not been great for Cordero the last. Month. It's over. Uh, I think probably four or five pods ago, we said we were going to ride this train as long as we could, mm-hmm. and, and we did not know, but we were almost to our last stop. Uh, <laughs> yep. yep. <laughs> um, he's just not involved any longer. I and I think if you really looked at the numbers, he was being incredibly efficient, and he was scoring a lot of touchdowns early in the season, and. Part of that was the usage the Falcons were giving them, but also the other part of that was that nobody in their receiving room was doing effective jobs. Russell Gage and Kyle Pitts have kind of stepped up to do a better job of that, and Patterson has been really relegated to a running back by committee. He had two targets last week. In a I, I also game. wonder how much of Calvin Ridley's absence has, has affected just the offense as a whole, but Patterson specifically, because even if Ridley's not putting up numbers, he's – He's the field stretcher, right? Like he's taking attention away. Yeah, absolutely. And with that too, he's probably been cued in on by a lot of defenses. He's playing as the the, the playmaker on the field. Um, Kyle Pitts, just because he's been used strangely, really hasn't had an effective job. It looks like uh, he has has one touchdown this season. I think he has, he's like having a great yardage season. Yeah. Like historic for rookie tight ends, but he has one touchdown. So it feels like he's had a terrible season. Yeah. Well, and the funny thing about that is I actually saw when he's lined up as a tight end, he's more effective than as a wide receiver. Uh, And I know in the off season, everybody was screaming just to line Kyle Pitts up at wide receiver, Mm -hmm. but it appears uh, setting him up in line with a tight end formation is better. Uh, But I remiss. Cordell Patterson, uh, you just can't trust him this week. The Bills are going to key in on him. They're good defense. And more importantly, I just don't see where he's getting his points any longer. He's not getting the volume. Touchdown equity's not there. And he's definitely been supplanted by Russell Gage and Kyle Pitts as the better options. And then Mike Davis is getting equal to the same number of yeah, my, attempts. My, my, Mike Davis is like back to being a factor in that backfield. But yeah, uh, looking at last week, you know, seven carries for 14 yards, and it was like, thank God he got into the end zone. He, he had one, one reception for negative one yards. The week before that, he had 13 touches for 23 yards. Um, and it, it had been before that, like week 14, uh, he had a decent week. And then, you know, before week week 13, it was decent as well. But, yeah, it, it's so funny when you look at his game log. It's so many, like on Sleeper, it has it in red if his, if, it's, if his snaps are below 50%. And he's only been above 50%. Let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six times this season. So it's just I think the regression is finally here for Patterson, and he's really hard to trust. And like you said, in a tough matchup this week. Yeah, absolutely. There's a good chance that we see Matt Ryan at his absolute worst this week, uh, which is with saying something because yeah. it's a pretty bad Matt Ryan. Uh, hello, Thursday night game against the Patriots from whatever a month oh, ago, however long ago that was. Yeah, that game. I think I went to the movies during that game. It was so bad. <laughs> okay, my sit of the week. Uh, I think. I think you're going to get some Dare Wale. Glad you mentioned his name earlier, Dalton. I think you're going to get some Wale buzz uh, this week on waivers. And I, I don't mind adding him on waivers. But 
I'm not, I can't bring myself to start him or really anybody in that backfield this week. If like, if I don't, I don't even know what Carlos Hyde's status is, but if he were to play this week, like I'm still, I'm still not doing it. But I think Agumba Walla is the main guy that pe- you're going to have people look at the box score last week and say he played 82% of the snaps. He scored a touchdown. Like it wasn't a great yardage day, but it wasn't could have been worse. He had like 65 total yards. Like you take that every day of the week, but here's the thing. Number one, James Robinson got hurt very, very early in that game. And I don't know if they had a third running back that was active, but if they did, it was clearly not someone who was equipped to be the second running back. They've already brought back Raquel Armstead this week, and there could still be moves coming like practice squad guys or stuff like that. So you don't even like know for sure that this is going to be a Wale's role. It for sure, like un- unquestioned starting role this week. Do you remember as a kid when like you'd play video games and you'd just be getting destroyed? So you need a win and you'd find your bad friend and you'd play them in the video game. <laughs> um, that's what the Patriots are going to do to the, the Jaguars. Yeah, Patriots have been on a bit of a skid, and I think Bill Belichick's going to come out and try to make a statement that they're still here. And unfortunately, I think the Jaguars are still offense, here. <laughs> we're still here. The Jaguars offense just isn't going to get anything going. And I mean, there's no talent with a Goomba Ollie. I don't mean that offensively. No. He's in the no. NFL. That's cool. But there's no talent here that's like like superhuman. Uh, it's just not going to happen. The Patriots have a very good defensive line, top five in the NFL. And they have been run on a little bit lately, but um, they're, no, they're no New York Jets, which is what Goomba Ollie got last week. And it was still 17 for 57, and he had eight yards receiving. And – if he didn't score a touchdown, you're looking at 19 touches uh, for eight fantasy points last week. Yeah, and to be fair, the last two weeks, the the Patriots have gotten run on by the Bills and Jonathan Taylor. So mm-hmm. uh, there is no talent like that on this roster. No. And since their bye, I saw this stat, the Jaguars are averaging 0.9 touchdowns a game. So there's not a lot of touchdown <laughs> yes. upside. Yes, the team is bad. The player is bad. Stay away. Um, and also, like, on top of the running backs not playing last week, you know, we don't know who's going to be playing this week, who, who could be a factor in that backfield. Like, LaVisca Chenault was a late COVID scratch, too. So, like, he's another guy who can at least be an extension of the running game or be a straight-up backfield guy. So, like, he could maybe factor in at, a, a little bit and at least take away the the touches that people are hoping for for, for Ogumba Wale. Let's play a fun game, and I know my answer. Let's say you're in your fantasy championship and you need to start a waiver wire running back. I'm going to assume for this purpose that Darrell Williams is on a team. Mm-hmm. Derek Gore, the Chiefs' backup running back at this point, or Dara Agubawale, who would you prefer to start? I'd prefer Gore just because, like, if CEH doesn't play, he's the second guy. He's going to get some work. And if the game is out of hand, he's going to be the, the garbage time guy. Um, and also, like, I'd prefer either Eagles guy, whether it's Jordan Howard if he plays or Boston Scott, who both of which are probably out there in a lot of leagues over over anybody on the Jaguars. I agree with that as well. Yep, I was just checking. But yeah, I think that just kind of gives you a barometer of where we stand. Mm-hmm. I just don't see how Goombole scores a lot of points. Well, and, and, the, and the last point is like he he's a pass catching back. Like that's what he came out of college like known as. It was like, oh, he's – and it was – I think he was with the Bucks as a rookie last year. So he was it, Tom and, Brady's and, new James White. Yes. And he's literally from Wisconsin, like James White. So I was like, oh, is this new James White? And the 
the Jags do not throw to their running backs very much. James Robinson has 31 receptions, which is like fine, but it's not, it's not, it's not, it's not very good if you're looking just at the, the landscape of the league. Carlos Hyde has 12, Aguma Wale has eight. Like I would venture the guess they're pretty low on the totem pole for running back receptions this year. So even like the yeah. thing he's best at, you're not sure that that's like that's not how they've played all year. Yeah, I I I would not be trying to roster him. I if you have Fab remaining, I would probably be going for anybody else. Isaiah McKenzie off waiver wire, Boston Scott, Jordan Howard, all of those guys. Mm-hmm. Definitely priority over a Kumbuale. Mm-hmm. I agree. Okay, Dalton, unless you have anything else to add, I think we are safe to move on to some New Year's fantasy football resolutions. This is my number one resolution here. And I I rewrote this one a couple times. So it's the Seattle Seahawks get a new coaching staff. This at one point was Russell Wilson goes to a new team. But here's the deal. Russ Lockett and Metcalf is such a fun fantasy environment that you just feel like with the right coach and a better execution of that offense that there's there's no better also maybe a couple of interior offensive linemen who don't yeah get run over at literally every single play yeah that too unfortunately they don't have a first round pick this year so we know they won't have a great one at the very least unless they draft creed humphrey 2.0 but it just you know if russ leaves russ will likely end up somewhere where his fantasy value increases but it's very hard for lockett and metcalf to see any increase in their fantasy value unless Aaron Rodgers does a complete 180 and goes to Seattle, which is something I don't see happening. That is not happening. So for the sake of fantasy, I would love to see this trio stay together and get a, you know, two or three more seasons together of great coaching. You know, somebody like Bruce Arians coming over and and executing a pass first offense, maybe Brian Leftwich, a great coaching candidate could come over and just install his offense as a, Eric Bieniemy, who's getting no coaching calls, anybody in reality would be better than this. Uh, Chip Kelly, let's run the Chip Kelly quick up. So, like, so, like, so, like, what's like your actionable like resolution here? Like, Russ, go to the owner and say, "You fire Pete Carroll, or I leave." Like, yeah, is no, that is that my, where we're where we're at here? Yeah, it, it's it's Pete Carroll gets fired, um, and that could be today for all I could get off this podcast. <laughs> Pete Carroll would be fired, and I would be a happier person for it. No, yeah, more no, I, I was I was just curious, like who actually like can can make this happen? But yeah, I think I think it's Russ just saying, yeah, you either fire the coaches or you trade me. I'm not doing this next year. Yeah, and that would be ideal for me. So that's my first resolution. I love all of those players, and I just want a better environment for all of them. Mm-hmm. So my first one sort of involves Russell Wilson by extension. I want DJ Moore to become best friends with a quarterback this offseason. That's my resolution for DJ Moore. Talk about a depressing, depressing ending to a season for a very, very, very good player. He hasn't like killed you in any of these weeks, like these last four, five, six weeks. That you started him for the most part. I think against the Cardinals, he had like four points, but they actually won that game. So it was like, you know, that's just kind of how it goes sometimes. But since Cam has arrived, he has yet to top 13.4 fantasy points. He's been single digits three times. And this is a guy who started the season with four straight double digit games, had a 28 point game earlier this season as well. And we all know it's not DJ Moore's fault. We know it's Cam Newton. And 
the bits of PJ Walker and the occasional Sam Darnold that that we've seen down down the stretch and obviously earlier in the season Darnold as well um more probably could have even been more maximized when they were when they were actually doing good things he's like a, he's like wide receiver 16 right now probably gonna finish a top 20 receiver unless he really has a bad week this week but he really should have been a top 10 guy this season and he would have been with even okay quarterback play because he he's just such a good player and it was just like so clear earlier earlier in the season it was just like yeah like this guy has even taken another step i love like we loved how they were using him um more horizontal less vertical stuff to get him more involved more receptions let him make more plays with the ball in his hands whether it's aaron Rodgers, not super likely russell wilson that's a maybe i would say or deshaun watson which who in the world knows with that um, obviously, or just someone we're not thinking of right now, whether it's in the draft or another quarterback. Baker just, Mayfield. <laughs> he'd even be an upgrade over what they've got. <laughs> it wouldn't be great, but he'd be an upgrade over what they've got. Just please, DJ Moore, go go become friends with a quarterback who can make you a great fantasy football receiver, the great receiver that you should be next season. If Mitchell Trubisky is their quarterback next year, I might just die. Well, and it's funny you bring that up because I saw a fun stat earlier. Uh, since week 12, only five wide receivers have had 10-plus targets in every game. Or, sorry, eight-plus targets in every game. Uh, two of those receivers are DJ Moore and Robbie Anderson. And they have not had great fantasy weeks in any of those weeks, which is just hilarious on how poor that offense is. The other ones are like Tyree Kill – or not Tyree Kill, Cooper Cup. And I could name you the other two, probably Jalen Waddle, just because he gets targeted. And he is a decent candidate because he's yeah. getting a lot of targets lately. But yeah, that, I mean, that offense has gone downhill. Uh, Matt Rule has been incredibly impatient with his execution of it as well. But uh, maybe a good quarterback could fix some of their issues. A lot of their issues, because I think I think that we all like a lot of the pieces on the roster, both on offense and like on defense. They've got they've got some good players on defense to at least build around. Like it's not a great defense, but like there are pieces there, and there are moves to probably be made to make that defense like good enough to be a pretty good team. It's just they. They just need a quarterback and they need McCaffrey to actually stay healthy because I think that's the other thing we've also seen is like you take McCaffrey out of that offense and a lot of the misdirection stuff where he is the decoy and it opens up the easy throws to DJ Moore, to Robbie Anderson like that. Surprise, Chuba Hubbard isn't quite uh, quite as good and not quite as scary to defense as Christian McCaffrey. Who, who could have guessed? Wow, I, I couldn't have, honestly. <laughs> uh, my second resolution goes out to all of you fantasy managers out there uh i just want us to stop drafting mid-round tight ends we just need to i was, I, I was gonna put this on my <laughs> list but i was like i know Dalton's gonna have it so i'm just not even gonna do it guys it's it we have enough data on this mark andrews is the only player i've seen come out of the mid-round and do well and he probably shouldn't have been a mid-round tight end but tj hawkinson this year noah fan kyle pitts all mid-round tight ends all have been incredibly disappointing because for all of those guys' prices, you could go have great or go late. I still contend that's the go way to go. Great. You could have gotten Cooper Cup for any of those guys' price. I just want yep. you to know that. Um, and so you if you were not in your fantasy championship and you drafted Hawkinson, Noah Fane, or Kyle Pitts in the fourth round, you were not there because you did not draft Cooper Cup. And this podcast was staunch, staunchly advocating for you to draft or, Cooper Cup. You know, Jamar Chase and T. Higgins Jamar were Chase. both going around around that spot. Tyler Lockett, so many players, Deontay Johnson. Mm. I mean, in all honesty, as a community, we need to get together and just stop doing this. 
and let those tight ends fall to the seventh and eighth round where then they're valuable to your team. So that's my resolution. And the other reason to not do it right is you look at the guys who either weren't even drafted or drafted late, but mostly weren't even drafted that are, have been great in patches this season, like uh, a Pat Fryerbeuth, like uh, Dawson Knox, like, uh, gosh, I'm trying to think. Gerald Everett of late. Gerald Gerald Everett, after literally giving away two touchdowns a couple weeks ago, has actually been producing. I I saw a very depressing uh, side-by-side of him and DK Metcalf over the last three, since Russell Wilson returned, and he is outproducing DK Metcalf on 15 fewer targets. So that is just fun for everybody. That is horrible. <laughs> um, I mean, Dalton Schultz was yeah. The guy Dalton you, Schultz is another big one. Yep. Yeah, I mean, Zach Ertz mm-hmm. was. I mean, there was a midseason trade, but even with Philly, he was he was manageable. He was good end. enough that you could start him. Yep. Yeah, Dallas Goddard, and Dallas Goddard's probably going to be a mid round tight end next season. So don't do it. I'm telling you right now. <laughs> um, but yeah, just just stop. It's better. To be for fair, your team to he probably would have been a mid round tight end this year if Zach Ertz wasn't there. Yes. So don't you should draft him this year. Don't don't draft him next year. Simple answer. What's your next one? All right. My next one is this is for not a not a specific player, not even fancy managers. I'm talking to you, sleeper. I'm talking to you, ESPN, CBS, Yahoo, anywhere where people can play fantasy football. Give Debo Samuel running back eligibility next season. I have no way of knowing what the actual splits are on these snaps, but here's what I know. Debo is lined up in the backfield 50 times this season. Now, again, I don't know how many of those times have been since he essentially has become a running back, but I can tell you the numbers since week 10. In his first nine games, he had six carries. From week 10 on, he's been at five carries or more every game. According to StatHead, his seven rushing touchdowns this year are the second most by a wide receiver in NFL history. Can, can you name number one on this list? It just happened very recently. How recently? Last season. Last season, a wide receiver with rushing touchdowns? Yep. I have no idea. A wide receiver. Taysom Hill. Uh, is, did, oh, did come on. That, that's what it said. i See, but he but he wasn't down as a wide receiver, right? You could play Taysom pretty much anywhere you wanted to in your lineup. Um, he's one of only six players, this is back on Debo, in NFL history that have 200 rushing yards and 1,000 receiving yards. He is the only guy, like if you look at uh, foot, poor football reference, he's the only guy on this list to be listed as a pure wide receiver. It's either straight running backs with Christian McCaffrey, being the most recent, like I think Marshall Falk was one of them. I don't have the whole list in front of me anymore. The other two that were receivers were also listed at receiver dash running back. Give Debo the running back label, please. Over his last four games, he has seven receptions and 28 rushes, five rushing touchdowns, no receiving touchdowns. He should already have the running back label. Give it to him next year. Because if he does have it next year, he is automatically the most interesting draft, draftable player in the first three rounds next year. 
Absolutely. I agree with you, or at least give commissioners the ability to change eligibility requirements in their league. Sleeper, you're the only one that will do that. I know Yahoo and ESPN don't know what that looks like. Mm-hmm. Um, that's great. Guess what my third one is, and guess what I spent up all day researching, Evan? <laughs> Go for it. Will Fuller last year, because <laughs> I have a resolution, and it's that Will Fuller gets another healthy season and even a mediocre NFL passing attack, because last year he was on par to be a top 10 wide receiver. He was having a great season. He was fourth in the NFL. In so, 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 so like, what, what's the actual resolution here? Like, Him to stay Fuller, healthy and Will not... Fuller. So get Will Fuller back on steroids? Is that what you're telling him to do? And not use PEDs. (laughs) Let me finish. And he can stay with the Dolphins because they clearly need him uh, because Tua has to throw five yards or nothing. Uh, Part of that's offensive line issues. But I just want to – He had a nice nice dive to Matt Collins last night down the sideline. Yeah, give that to to Will Fuller instead. Give the deep ball to Will Fuller instead of Matt Collins. Um, (laughs) But just give him one more help. Remember when you made the bet of Will Fuller versus Jalen Waddle? That was fun times. I guess we'll never know because Will Fuller might never play football. I don't know how a finger injury sidelines you for 10 games. I don't know. Because he's Will Fuller, man. Because he's Will Fuller. That's all I ask for is one more season where I can hype Will Fuller, I can play him in DraftKings, and I can just feel comfortable and just know that he's going to play all 17 games. One season, that's all. And then his NFL career can be game over at that point. He could retire. I just want (laughs) one more year because Will Fuller was on pace to be a top 10 wide receiver. He looked great. He was doing everything he needed to do, short, intermediate, and long routes in that Houston offense. And we just – we deserve it as a football community. You know my feelings on Will Fuller. He's not my favorite. I think if you look back on on his season with the Texans, number one, he had one of the best quarterbacks in the league throwing him the ball. The quarterback who led the NFL in in throwing yard and passing yards that season. Number two, uh, a fair bit of production was in in garbage time, uh, late in games. He still outproduced a Pro Bowler Brandon Cooks in the same offense, points per game and in total fantasy points. I'm just I'm a believer in the Fuller trade. If only I know you are. God had given him a better body. <laughs> Dalton. Okay, so that's his resolution. Dalton wants Will Fuller to have a better body. Yes, quote me on it. <laughs> I'm gonna stay on the same team with with my next one. This is my last one, but I'll I'll jump the gun here. Uh, I want Jalen Waddle to go to the Justin Jefferson and Stephon Diggs school of route running for one summer, because like. Again, this is not me saying he's not a good route runner. Like he probably he, I don't have like all the numbers and all the reception perception stuff in front of me. I'm sure he's very good, but just imagine Jalen Waddle with like just imagine him like 50 percent better in that regard. Imagine like if he could also be a tactician to go along with his physical traits because he, as you know, as you both know. He's probably been like my favorite rookie receiver this whole time before the season. I just loved the the physical profile uh, of of Jalen Waddle, and he's already one of the best receivers in the NFL, like a top twenty, top fifteen receiver in the NFL. Just just give him just a little bit more, just that little extra nudge with a little more refinement from the probably two of the three or four best route runners in the NFL and you could you could see that guy just take a, a whole nother step I think. Are you saying you want a wide receiver you? 
this offseason. Yes. <laughs> like we had tight ends. Yes. Issue. Yes. <laughs> I would love that. Send Will Fuller. Send Will Fuller. Send Jill, well, <laughs> Will Fuller could use it too. Send Jalen Waddle to wide receiver U. Just work on the route running. Just make him an elite route runner. Here's the thing he is already wide receiver 13 this season. He has 96 receptions. He has five off of Anquan Bolden's rookie record of 101. He'll probably beat that in week 17. And he will probably pad that a little bit in, in week 18, as long as he stays healthy. And this is also with him playing 14 games. He missed a game with COVID, so he hasn't even played every game yet this season. He just had 10 catches last night on Monday Night Football. That tied Jerry Rice for the most ever on Monday Night Football by a rookie. You know I'm not PFF's biggest fan, uh, but he's the highest grade rookie receiver this season. You're just like, he's already one of my favorite players in the NFL. I just think if you gave him that little extra boost in, in the route running, made him just make him an elite route runner, and that is immediately one of the best receivers in the NFL. Or give two an offensive line to give him time to throw to Waddle anywhere but five yards. Uh, <laughs> that would also be helpful for Jalen, I'm sure. I, I, want a, I want a very player-specific, like a skill that you can add to a player to make him one of the best players in the NFL. And I think this is this is the one that jumped out to me. I actually have that as my last resolution for something that's very player specific and they need a skill. It's a uh, trade Kenny Galladay to any team in the NFL that's not the New York Giants. <laughs> that's my last resolution because we. Your resolutions all just seem like they're for you. They're like your requests. I mean, I think Kenny Galladay wants traded too. I can't I'm sure, speak I'm sure for he him. Does, but uh, but I, if he were to ask, if I were to ask him, I think he would say, "I don't want to play for this team any longer." That is bringing back Dave Gettleman and. Uh, Daniel Jones Jones. and Joe Judge. Judge. Everything. There's nothing going right there. Um, But Kenny Galladay was probably on his way to being like a top 12 NFL wide receiver skill-wise in his last year with Detroit before he got injured. And then he went to the Giants where he is averaging less than five yards, uh, five targets a game. He's been banged up here and there, but they're not utilizing his skill set at all. I went and looked up at his reception perception, and he's run the fifth most deep routes per play in the NFL, and he's been targeted on eight percent of those. I what what is what are we doing here, New York? Like, if you're gonna run your your most valuable weapon on your offense other than Saquon deep, and then not throw to him, he's just doing fly out stuff that you give to like rookies who are really fast and kick returners. I, I don't understand it. Intermediate routes. He's been out snapped by Sterling Shepard who hasn't played for three games. I, I don't understand what they're doing with him. It's so, abysmal. So if you had the guess, how many more receiving yards do you think he has right now than he had last season? Keep, keep in mind, he played five games last season. Oh God, He's played 12 games this year. Is it like 300? John, you have a guess? I have no, like 384. He has, let me do a little mental math here, 161 more receiving yards than he had last year in five games. That's so miserable. Wow. <laughs> he is at 499 receiving yards in 12 games this season. That is gross. He is also yet to score a touchdown as a member of the New York football Giants. So are a lot of other members of the New York Giants, <laughs> I'm sure. That That is just horrible. I mean, he could be playing for the Patriots right now and be having a wide receiver top 24 season like Kendrick Bourne. 
I mean, it's just not it's not right what they're doing to him. He's such a skillful player, and he he should demand a trade uh, right now, today. I'm going to DM him on Instagram and ask him to do that. <laughs> okay, so if you want Kenny Galladay on a different team, give me, like, your top three teams for Kenny Galladay. Obviously, like, cap stuff aside, we don't, like, have, like, the list of who has cap space, who doesn't. But just, like – Three realistic teams. Like, I'll, like he's not getting traded to the Chiefs on that number. Okay. Right? So That's not happening. So three just, realistic teams. I'll just drop that one. Uh, I mean, the Packers would be a great fit for him. They need a really reliable guy outside of Devontae Adams, and they likely will have the cap space. Whether or not they uh, keep Aaron Rodgers is a whole other question. Secondly, I think the Raiders would be a good fit for him. They need that possession style wide receiver and somebody uh, next to Darren Waller. I think that's another good fit. And let's see. Here, let me give you one. The Dolphins. The Dolphins. That's a great one, too. Uh, There we go. There's three teams that Kenny Galladay would be a top 24 wide receiver at. No cap. <laughs> no cap. Okay. How many more do you have? I know you 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 brought six. I brought four. I only have one more left, so I want to make sure that you get it, get all of yours. Well, the Jeff Janis one was a joke, but the last one that I'll okay. say it's just Kansas City wins the Super Bowl uh, this year and next year. <laughs> I, it's not really anything in, in involving fantasy, but I just want another Super Bowl in Kansas City. Okay, fair enough. So your New Year's resolution is to have someone fix the Super Bowl for the Chiefs. Actually, I don't even think we need to fix it at this rate. We could just win it. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so my last one, actually, back to fantasy football for a second here. And this one is for myself, for every fantasy football manager. Do not be fooled by the cumulative numbers of Najee Harris this season. There is a 100% chance you're going to hear almost this exact line from somebody on a podcast next next summer who's trying to hype Najee Harris up as a first round or early second round draft pick well he finished as the RB4 last season he had more than 300 carries he had 100 targets like the volume was insane like Big Ben was just god awful last year you give you give him a better quarterback whoever that quarterback may be at that time you have a slightly better quarterback let's let's give let's give Baker Mayfield say they've got Baker Mayfield like not great but you know, it should be better than what they had. Like, their offense was one of the worst in, in the league this last season. Like, Najee Harris on that volume in a better offense. Like, I'm drafting volume in the late first, early second. And I say, do not do it. Do not be fooled by Najee Harris this season. You saw it against the Chiefs. You've seen it a bunch of other times this season because the Steelers have been down a ton a lot this season. No matter how many points they're down by, They're going to keep throwing it and throwing it and throwing it and not throwing it deep, not throwing it deep, mind you, dumping it down to Najee Harris. I don't know if that is a Big Ben has washed, that's all he can do thing. I don't know if that's an offensive coordinator calling plays that make that the best option thing. I don't know if it's both, but that is not how an offense should be operating. It's kind of like the year when Lauren Fournette had like 90 receptions in Jacksonville and everyone tried to say that, that like, Oh, he, you know, he had 90 catches last year. Like the, it's like, no, like that's not really what Fournette is going to do every season. Not because he can't catch the ball, but you don't want to be throwing it to that guy 90, you know, a hundred times. Like he's going to end up with a hundred targets. Not Najee Harris is 
this season. He's like it. I think he's like at 88 or 90 right now. And they have two games left. And I just, even in an okay offense, that's just not going to happen for the sake of the team. It just, it shouldn't happen. And if you look at that team specifically, I think if that offense is humming, even like at an okay rate or even very good, like, like, let's just say for the sake of argument, they get a big fish somehow they get Rogers, they get Russell Wilson. Like that could be what convinces me to take Najee Harris higher, but it's not going to be because of volume at that point. It's going to be because of the hope he's in a better offense, because if that offense is humming, it should be running through Deontay Johnson and Chase Claypool at receiver with Najee still getting touches, but not, you know, borderline 380 touches and 85 receptions. And I just think you're going to hear the volume argument for Najee Harris next, next off season. Well, here's the two things I'll say. One, if Miles Gaskin were to continue to get the volume he was getting, he would have been a top 15 running back in one of the ugliest top 15 seasons. And it's Speaking basically of which, with our bet, he is running back 23 right now, just barely ahead of Darrell Williams and a couple other guys. Uh, so I, I, I think he's a little out of reach of some others that are further down, but it's very close for our, our Miles Gaskin bet. I believe in him. Uh, <laughs> now back to trash talking him. Uh, <laughs> on, on that, the I say this every offseason, don't expect your running back to play 16, now 17 games. Mm-hmm. I don't think – Najee Harris is going to probably play all 17, and that's part of the reason he's the RB4, because if you give any running back in the NFL – this many touches, they're going to be a top 10 running back because of that. Just because in any scoring league, when you get eight catches a game, you're going to be in that for same reason. Yeah. And I, and I I think he's like, you know, like an above at, like he's better than a replacement level player, but also as you and I talked about a little bit uh, in our mess in our Twitter messages the other day, like he hasn't proven he can be like that explosive fantasy guy yet. Like he, he's had a couple 20, 23 point games, but he hasn't had like the huge, like, 30 point game and that's partially him partially the offense exactly well that's that's just it is when you're drafting at the top of the first round if you take Najee Harris you're really going to be needed looking for some explosive players later on because he's not going to provide that to you he's just very ho-hum and boring and even then the bottom for him is like I think he's averaging 3.2 yards per carry so you really need the volume and if for some reason say Matt Canada gets canned or Mike Tomlin moves on and a new offensive coordinator is there, and that volume's not guaranteed, then it gets really bad really quickly. So you're really betting on like a very well, and even and, and even if Ben is gone, if the offense doesn't get substantially better enough to give him more touchdown opportunities, you're probably looking at 20 to 30 fewer receptions just because he's just not he's just not the guy that should be getting 100 targets, like I said. Yeah, well, and, and then at the same time, this isn't the same bet you make with Derrick Henry. Like Derrick Henry's volume is partially there because the guy is an absolute freak of nature. And it's not, this isn't disrespectful of Najee Harris, but he's he's like a good starting running back in the NFL. And that's mm-hmm. about his, his extent. Remember him and ETN went back to back. And I wouldn't say those two are like greatly far off on skill level, mm-hmm. but at the end of the day, you're betting on a player whose quality of skill it, it isn't that great when it comes to the NFL running backs when Jonathan Taylor was falling in the second round because of some usage concerns last season and clearly absolute freak of nature. Yeah. And like just thinking, not even including receivers in this mix, but like if you're just thinking about first round next year, like I'm taking Jonathan Taylor, I'm taking Joe Mixon, 
I'm taking Christian McCaffrey, Alvin Kamara. I'm taking Dalvin Cook. I'm taking – I'm trying to think who else. Like CMC. Yeah, I said CMC. Like, would you take – this is a good one. Saquon Barkley or Najee Harris next year? I'm just – obviously, obviously we know nothing about who their quarterbacks are. I'm taking uh, Najee. Though probably by a pretty good margin just because of that Giants offense. Nick Chubb. Nick Chubb for sure over Najee Harris and Aaron Jones if Aaron Rodgers is is in Green Bay for sure over Najee Harris. Austin Eckler, he'll yeah, he'll be Eckler for sure. Very Joe Mixon. Yeah, I said Mixon. Mixon was like the second guy. I said yeah. Josh Jacobs. Oh, and maybe Derrick Henry for sure too if he you know if he's healthy. Uh, insert rookie running back. <laughs> it's not a great rookie running back draft class. I'm not sure you're going to get Maybe if Brees Hall goes to like the absolute perfect spot. Okay. Maybe. What if Cam Akers plays in the playoffs? And yeah, Cam, Cam, Akers Cam, is Akers. A, Cam Akers is a tricky one too. And then you also have like J.K. Dobbins. Like he's not going to go higher than Najee, but like would I prefer him to Najee? Maybe, but that's because I'm in love with J.K. Dobbins practically. So Elijah Mitchell, that's a guy. No, see Elijah Mitchell. I think if I were making a bus list right now, he'd be number one on my 2022 bus list. I did see a tweet and it said, All fantasy analysts quote tweet us with your biggest L. And it's definitely the touting of Trey Servant on Trey the podcast. Well, well, and and the thing is, I've seen people make this joke too. It's like, you know, if we had literally any inkling that Elijah Mitchell was ahead of Trey Lance in the depth chart at all in the preseason, like he clearly was the whole time, then we would not have been saying all these things about Trey Sermon. I know. Thank you, Kyle Shanahan, again, for just pissing me off. I just got a new New Year's resolution. (laughs) Kyle Shanahan gets fired. I don't care. Game, I don't care if they're making playoffs. I want him gone. Another resolution that's for nobody in particular. I guess John Lynch. Dalton's Dalton's resolution for John Lynch is to fire his coach that – probably is going to get them to the playoffs. <laughs> Do you know I'll I'll write a nice email uh on behalf of the fantasy community about the usage concerns in San Francisco. You should tweet it and see if he likes the tweet. Yeah, that's a good <laughs> that's a good point. I might tweet it and see if he likes it. And that's going to do it for episode 59 of the Half Point Proof Podcast. Give us a follow, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, at Half Point Proof Podcast. Subscribe to the YouTube. We're live on here once a week. We'll still keep the weekly thing going for a little bit. We'll have, obviously, the championship recap. I think we'll – yeah, we'll have have some of the bets to talk about next week. Some of the others are just full-on, like, season-long yardage props. So we'll have some bets to talk about. Maybe look ahead to, to next season a little bit more as we keep doing this. But again, thank you guys so much for listening. The show is available anywhere you listen to podcasts, Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Leave us a five-star review on iTunes. I think you can leave reviews on Spotify now. So those are appreciated as well. And we will talk to you guys with some championship reactions next week.